بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين بإذن الله today we'll be speaking about a very important topic especially when it comes to the world we live in today and this topic is to do with jobs, skills as well as financial freedom Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah in Kitab al-Buyu' He mentions quite a few ahadith. These ahadith speak about how there were different people who had different jobs or different expertise or different skills at the time of the Messenger And these people would use these skills or this profession and they would be able to earn some wealth. One of the reasons Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentions these ahadith is to show that certain jobs, certain expertise, earning money by doing certain things is permissible and these things were present at the time of the Messenger Inshallah, we will mention some of these ahadith. In brief, we will speak a little bit about the profession involved as well as the hadith itself, what was mentioned. Thereafter, bi'ithnillah, we'll speak about the world we live in today and how we may be able to differentiate between a skill and a job, especially in the world we live in today, and the importance of financial freedom, bi'ithnillah. In Kitab al-Buyur, one of the subchapters Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentions, he says, Babu ma wal-jazzar. Basically, the chapter speaking about somebody who deals in meat, what we would call in our terms today, a butcher. He then mentions a hadith of a man from the Ansar. He ordered one of the people who was working with him and this boy or this person who was working with him was somebody who knew how to cut meat. So he told him to prepare some food and he wanted to call the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. From this hadith we obviously take that a Muslim is allowed to prepare meat as long as it's halal, he's allowed to deal in meat, he's allowed to cut it up, to sell it, etc. A person, his field of expertise can be in meat. Also, what's important to mention, in this hadith, the sahabi, he tells the boy who is working with him, he says, I want to call the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, so make food for five people. The messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam will be the fifth why? Because I can see from his face that there is hunger. As we all know, in those days, at times food was difficult to come by. The Messenger wasallam himself, out of hunger, tied rocks on his belly. Look at how the Sahaba, عنهم, they loved the Messenger wasallam. They were so used to being around him, they could see on his face if there was something troubling him or if there was something that was wrong. Look at how he wanted to be hospitable. And this shows us that at times we shouldn't wait for people to tell us their problems. If we know that there's something wrong, we can always offer a good word, offer our assistance where possible. What's interesting, the hadith goes on and the Messenger وسلم, accepts this man's invite and he goes to eat. When the Messenger وسلم, arrives, there is another man who has followed him, uninvited. 
look at the adab and the etiquette, the character, the manners of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He knew that he was invited only. He didn't want to put the host in a difficult position. Maybe he hadn't prepared. And he didn't want to embarrass that man so much so to tell him, don't come with me. Or how can you come? It's only me who's invited. When they reached, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam told the host that this man has followed us. If you want you can permit him to come in. And if you want, you can return him nicely. So the Sahabi radiallahu anhu who was the host, he allowed the man to come in. From this, we learn that whenever we are invited to somebody's house, whenever we are guests, if we have people with us, inform the host, ask the host. Don't just pitch up with so many people because at times they may have only prepared for you. And also, from a host's perspective, sometimes if it's easy for you or there's nothing wrong and people have others with them, then out of uh, your goodness, you can allow this and you don't have to make a big deal about it. Bi'ithnillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you also. So this is a hadith that spoke about what we would term in today's professions as a butcher. A few ahadith later, Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah speaks about another profession. He says, Babu, ma qila fi sawwaag. Sawwaag was a profession for people who were more into jewelry. The expertise was in jewelry, gold, etc. He mentions the hadith of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. We've spoken about this hadith before and how when Ali radiallahu anhu wanted to marry the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he wanted to earn some wealth. He wanted to bring some goods to Medina and he wanted to sell in order to attain some wealth. In this hadith, it's mentioned that he got hold of a sawwaq, what we could call today a goldsmith. This person was from the Jews who were living in Medina at the time. So Ali radiallahu anhu wanted to get some idhkhir, lemongrass, in order to sell it. And he got hold of this sawwaq, this goldsmith, in order to get the lemongrass. Look at how Ali radiallahu anhu, a Muslim, is allowed to interact with a person who had these expertise because being somebody who knows about jewelry or who knows about gold, etc., there's nothing wrong. Also, what's important to mention that look at how Ali radiallahu anhu, he dealt with the non-Muslims. And this teaches us that we as Muslims at times, especially today when we go to the shop or when we're carrying out business, at times we have to deal with people who are not Muslims. So look at how we've mentioned two professions. We've spoken about a butcher, we've spoken about a goldsmith. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentions another subchapter straight after this. And he says, Babu dhikri al-qayni wal-haddad. Basically, the chapter speaking about an ironsmith, people who would deal with steel and iron, etc. And they had expertise in this. He mentions the hadith of Khabbab radiallahu anhu, wherein he says that in jahiliyyah, he was somebody who would deal or who had expertise when it comes to iron and steel. He was an ironsmith. As we're going through these hadith, if there's anything we can take is look at how diverse the community was at the time of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Not only when it came to their ibadat and acts of worship were they the best, but they also had skills and they also had professions. 
Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah in the next subchapter he speaks about a khayyat. Khayyat is a person who sews clothes, what we could term today as a tailor. And again, he mentions the hadith of a man who was a khayyat and he wanted to invite the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Again, look at somebody who has a profession. He was able to call the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he invites him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The next subchapter he speaks about a nasaj. A nasaj is somebody who weaves. So similar to a tailor, but this is when it comes to weaving. In this hadith, a woman comes to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and she has put together or woven a coat. She gives the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam this coat and the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam takes it and he goes, he wears the coat and comes out to the companions. One of the companions asks the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam for this coat. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam then hands it over. He gives it to him. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum who were around, they said, basically reprimanding him in a good way, telling him that you know the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he never ever rejects anybody who asks. Whoever asks for things, especially in the dunya, things which are worldly, he gives. And you know the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in need of this. So the man replies that I only asked it because I wanted it to be my kafan. Again from this hadith, if there's anything we can take, look at how the women also had certain skills. They knew how to sew, they knew how to make things, etc. Also look at the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When it came to the worldly life, when it came to things which were dunya, he was not asked for anything except that he gave it, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The last hadith Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentions in this sequence of subchapters, he speaks about a najjar. Najjar is a person who we could term today as a carpenter, somebody who has expertise in wood. He says how the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in some riwayat, it's mentioned that he asked a woman whose son was a carpenter. In other riwayat, it's mentioned that this woman came to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said, O oh Messenger of Allah, my son is a carpenter. Why don't you allow me to tell him to put together for you a small pulpit so you could address the people whenever it's time to address them on Jumu'ah, etc. So the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam agreed and the son of this woman made this structure for the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam again a diverse community from these ahadith and others that imam al-bukhari rahimahullah mentions for example we spoke about the hadith wherein rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said dawood alayhi salam would only eat from that which he earned with his hand and dawood alayhi salam as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the quran that steel was made easy or soft for him. He had expertise when it came to this. And the other Anbiya alayhim salatu wasalam, they also had certain skills or we could say certain professions. So this teaches us there's nothing wrong when it comes to going out to work, when it comes to having expertise in a certain field and trying to live or make your livelihood from this, earn wealth, etc. As long as it's halal, it's 
permissible. From these ahadith, we can see how the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the community at the time of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, was very diverse. Yes, they were the best when it came to their ibadat, their acts of worship, but also when it came to the worldly life, there were those who were businessmen, there were those who had expertise in certain fields, there were those who offered their services. As we mentioned, there were those who were tailors, there were those who were ironsmiths, etc. For us, a lesson we derive from this. Yes, the world we live in today, especially when it comes to the first world, people work long hours. They are made to believe that the only way to go through life is to go through university, get a job and work. There's no harm in doing that. There's no harm in putting in the long hours. There's no harm in working long hours in order to earn wealth. As long as somebody is not doing anything haram and as long as your wajibat or whatever is compulsory upon you is in order. However, it's very important to understand the world we live in today, especially when it comes to jobs. Due to the monetary system we have, especially in the last hundred years and how inflationary it is, a person who's just working and saving their wealth, generally you would find that the wealth may not decrease numbers-wise, however value-wise it decreases every year because of the system we have. And we've spoken about this in detail before. What happens a lot of the time, people who work jobs, you would find that the cost of living, your expenses, etc., because of inflation, because of uh, certain things that happen, your costs go up, your taxes go up at times. However, you would find a lot of the times the wage does not keep up in terms of value with expenses. Hence, you find that maybe people a hundred years ago, and these are studies which you can go back to, a normal person who had a normal job, they would be able to buy their own house within a year or a few years. Today, when two people, both husband and wife, are both working jobs, longer hours, their pay in terms of numbers, the number value may be much higher than before. However, they both cannot buy a house throughout their lifetime. So it's important for us to understand the reason for this. And when we understand the reason, we would realize that yes, there's, again, there's no harm in working a job, but realize that you should also start reading or looking into alternate means because financial freedom is something that's spoken a lot about today. And as we see through the life of the Messenger وسلم, the Sahaba عنهم, themselves, a lot of them were business people. A lot of them had their own wealth. Yes, they were those who were poor, but they were also helped and they were also supported, especially in the later years of Islam when there was a lot more wealth. So a person, a Muslim, you should try to be financially independent, look into certain things or certain new ventures, take new ideas. Another important thing to mention that a lot of times we've been programmed because of the educational system we have that the only thing we should do is to get our degree and get into our job and that is safety. What's often forgotten is there are certain universal skills that we all need to learn, we all need to polish up on. And this was present with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as well as those who were around him. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam bought and sold. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was an expert when it came to marriage. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
when it came to speaking and dealing with others, he was the best. Also the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, we spoke about Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. He was the fourth khalif. He was one of the best of companions radiallahu anhu. Yet we find him going to buy and sell. We find he is trying to get lemongrass and he is going to sell it in order for him to have some wealth. So when he marries the daughter of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, at least he is on his feet. The world we live in today, it's important for us to think about these things. It's important for us to know a little bit about economics and how the monetary system works so we understand our own lives. Sometimes people feel, and especially we've seen it today, the world we're living in, people have worked their whole lives putting away their pensions, thinking that when they are 60, 70, they will be able to retire. And what is owed to them rightfully, because they put it as a pension, will be given back to them. And we find that because of inflation, because of uh, money that has been mismanaged at times, then the retirement age goes up or sometimes there is no pension, there is no money given to them and then they have to carry on working their whole lives. So understanding this, being aware of this is very important and bi'ithnillah, it will help a person. Bi'ithnillah, in the next episode, we'll be speaking about wealth and ways in which a person can increase their wealth. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all goodness and beneficial knowledge. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.